Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 150 of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Today here with my good buddy, Jacob Fish Smith, ex-Truro Bearcat, current actor playing Fish on Shorzy alongside yours truly. Fish, it's great to have you here today. I just know you as Fish. That's all I say. What, what was your nickname before all this, Fish? Uh, well, Smith goes by Smitty, so that was pretty standard. But, okay, uh, good. Yeah, this is Smitty. But thanks for having me on, TR. It's going to be fun. It's great to have you on. I always like when we get together. And uh, we're rolling now. We're halfway through Shorzy. You've got, um, you know, we cut the original Fish, and you came in last minute, first season. Did a great job, and now we can't really let too much away. But are you comfortable with your role this time? It seems to me maybe you're a little bit not decorated isn't the word, but you you know you've wedged yourself into the show fairly regularly. Um, I like to think I I solidified my spot in the first season to allow Jared to expand Fish's role. So uh, not saying anything too soon, but uh, yeah, you can uh, maybe expect a little more. In the second season. And uh, unlike most of us, you actually grew up in and around Sudbury. Yes, sir. So, Fish, you as a kid, and what, I'm assuming like minor hockey and everything, right? Like minor, way back. The whole way, yeah. Okay. I left when I was uh, drafted at 16 to the Frontenacs, and that's when I left. Okay. So, and I do want to get to that, and we touched a little bit on that the first time, and this this pod is going to be a bit different, but I am really curious, because you are a really good hockey player. We came up here, for those that don't know, and we do stunt rehearsals uh, for, uh, let's, for lack of a better way to explain it, for a week, and uh, amongst those, we often have a little bit of downtime, and we like to stay in shape, so we play some three-on-three, and I know, Fish, it's only three-on-three, but I can tell you get ahead for the game. I also looked... I saw you had more than a point a game in Truro. So what I want to know is that when you were growing up, were you always one of the best of the group? Um, and I'm asking this matter of factly. You don't have to be humble. Uh, and did you know at an early age that you wanted to play hockey? Hockey was always my passion. Even when I was like born, my dad didn't really force me into it. It wasn't one of those parent pushing the kid things. Um, but once he found out or you know, we, you know, that we could make something of my career. I could make something of my career. Uh, that's when 
you know, I started getting pushed a little more and, and I loved it from, from then on. So I, I think it started off early that, that I was, I knew, you know, I had the potential to do something with it. And then as AAA and stuff started hitting and my skills started developing, that's when it was like, okay, we could actually do something here. Interesting. And uh, honestly, you're a great example because I often have hockey schools or, or at least join them lately. It's been with Wally Bray in Newfoundland, the Ice Dogs hockey. And, um, and I'll, I'll work with them again this summer. And a lot of the parents ask me, you know, what does so-and-so, what does little Johnny or Angela have to do, you know, to make the top levels, to make pro, to make the NHL? What is, uh, you know, and same thing for girls. They ask, you know, what does she have to do to play professionally, to play on Team Canada? I'll be like, God, there's so much other than that. There's travel, there's experience. You chose to go to the Maritime Junior. I know you could have played around here and you did for a bit, but you chose to go out and experience life, you know, a little bit at a young age on your own. And you go to the Maritime Junior League, which is an odd choice. It happens for someone from Ontario. Um, and then, you know, you went over and had a little mini career overseas. I don't want to brush over that, um, but I don't want to spend the whole hour talking about it well, Terry, but just I'll refresh stop, us i'll stop you right there because i know like you have a lot of decorated uh hockey players and on, on the pod and i don't want to go into too much of my career because i could tell stories just like anyone like, yeah just not from a you know from an ahl nhl it's all relative though but it's all relative yeah um but i will say this my hockey career and who i am as a person was used to better me as a person it wasn't necessarily to make a career out of hockey so that's why i decided to go out east that's why i decided to go overseas because i wanted to develop as a person more than just make money playing hockey yeah that's great fish honestly i couldn't have said that any better myself i don't even know that i ever consciously thought about it that way but yeah and you got to travel, and the game of hockey took you, um, well, in a billet situation, which is great living on your own. If there's one thing, I talk about, you know, moving away, and there is something to that. It gets hard, but, I mean, it's great. It, there's great for so many reasons. But, look, and, and Truro's an awesome place. Uh, I don't think last time we really got into you leaving as much France, right? Right. France. Now, how did that door open? And I know it was, you know, we don't, you and I don't talk about it much, but you Again, it's it's a hockey career. Everybody's is different. And you left, you went overseas, and you played for how long? Uh, I just played for a year right for, before COVID. Okay, so tell us about that. Well, and why France? Well, so here's how it happened. So I went and played my major junior out. Uh, well, major junior ju slash junior. Yeah, yeah, out. you got some games and in. Then, uh, and then when I turned uh, 20, uh, Woodstock in the Maritime League wanted me. And I just said, ah, I think I'm ready to start my uh, my school career. Yeah. And I had a bunch of money from the O and the Q. I had a cumulative of three years of yeah. school. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize so that either, right? don't realize You get a year and you get your school. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I said, well, instead of looking to go play in the coast or whatever, like let me just go spend my you know whatever it was thirty thousand and, and get a get an education yeah so i went back to school i called one of my old coaches here in sudbury at uh, who ironically coached at laurentian the university here and uh, i said hey like listen i want to go to queens i want to go to ryerson he's like well what do you want to do i said well i mean I'd, I'd like to do business he goes well we have the best business program sports business yeah was. and he's like we have the best sports business program in the in the country and said i want you to come here I said, okay. So I ended up playing four years for Laurentian. We were bottom of the barrel, like all four years, but again, growing my, yeah, degree, totally my degree. And then finally that year happened where I had the opportunity to go to France at a decent year out there, a couple injuries, whatever. And then COVID hit. So I said, that was it. So that's great though, man. What part of France? Yeah. Uh, I got, uh, I got a chance to go into the Northwest of France. Um, 
Yeah, in the little like Midwest. It's called Cholet. It's a town of about 50,000 people, about two and a half hours uh, southwest of Paris. That is incredible, man. Like, yeah, honestly. Like, and anybody who wants to go to France or thinking about going to France, man, that's that's quite quite a country to, to experience, even if it's just for a couple of weeks. Now, this is, I really want to know about this uh, next thing. So, for those that don't know, I really, I mentioned it before, but I really, really, really urge you, urge you to try this out. It's a podcast called Observant Attention. Now, it's, what is it, 10 episodes? Uh, I got two seasons on two it. Two CF. So, yeah, it's about 20, 22 episodes. Now, uh, and one sec, Fish, I'm going to turn down. I don't know if, do you think they can hear this buzz? Uh, I'm just going to turn off the heat one sec. But as I am, tell us about Observant Attention, because um, I love it. I'm fascinated. I love philosophy, um, anthropology, the study of you know, how people deal with each other. Um, and, and again, philosophy for so many reasons. And I listened, you told me about this year and a half ago. I roll in, we're in the dressing room. Fish is writing some stuff down as I often do. He travels with a journal as I do. And I get talking to you and you tell me about this and I was transfixed. I came, I listened to all of it right in a row and I've listened to it again a couple times since. Tell, tell us how you got in, interested in that for the first what observant attention is all about, how you were interested, and you know when you did it and why you did it. All right. So, um, you know what? It, it's funny. To, I'm going to speak directly to your to to your viewership right now. Uh, not a lot of people know that TR has kind of got that side of them. I mean, uh, it's it's quite uh, it's quite a, a hidden gem in Terry <laughs> that. Uh, that you get to you get to dig out if you weren't, and uh, I felt like we really connected on that when when I uh, when I first when you first asked the question did, about yeah. the journal and that. So, but yeah, um, I mean, COVID hit, I went moved back home, started getting into the same old routines, went back to the same girlfriend, went back to the same city I was used to, and I was like, I, you know, there's something more here. I had an experience one day that kind of changed my outlook on life. And I knew right then and there, I said, I need to do my podcast. And I didn't know I was going to do it for anybody else but myself. I mean, I I thought it was for other people, but I, I deep internally, I knew it was for myself. It's one of the best of its kind, by the way. I'm fascinated that it comes from Jacob Smith, Truro Bearcat. Keep going. I appreciate that, Terry. And and yeah, I just started getting all this intuitive insight and started doing my research. And people say like, oh, what books did you read? And stuff. It's, it's life experience. And I was blessed to... Uh, to to use hockey as 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 a trampoline as a catalyst to allow me to have that life experience and speak from the level that I'm speaking from. Well, it's fantastic. I really really urge people if nothing else you'll be interested. It it speaks to everybody. It's one of those that's what I love about philosophy too. You can't escape it. It's everywhere. you can escape math. You don't have to read Shakespeare, but everybody every day is living philosophy, whether they know it or not. Their own philosophy, they're taking in other people's philosophies. We're all dealing with each other and our opinions and stuff like that. Really, I just relate to it, and I think anybody can. Well, I appreciate that, <laughs> and uh, I guess I, I haven't picked up the pod in over a year, so I might have to jump back on now after, after this plug. But I will say this, um, speaking of philosophy, I picked up Marcus Aurelius's book, uh, yeah. The Emperor's Handbook, or well, it's called Meditations. Okay. Better known as Meditations. And for those of you who don't know Marcus Aurelius is, he was the emperor of Rome about 100 years after Jesus died. And uh, he just basically uh, talks about the philosophies of life and how man should live from the perspective of somebody who's the most powerful man in the world at the time who didn't give a shit, for lack of a better term, about 
you know his war or you know who he's fighting or or having having control and all this money he more focused on the internal world and and how everything kind of emanates from that and it's very interesting perspective i i haven't read his book but i know that he was one of the only rulers that was showed compassion and um I know he he based a lot of his thoughts on Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. I know right. that from yeah, stuttering. Yeah. And they would have been, I guess, yeah, uh, uh, a couple of thousand years before, I guess. Yeah. Or was it five? Well, yeah, a couple of thousand years before, but they were still, their their philosophies, uh, and they were Greek, I believe, and they, um, I know that they would have been written about a lot. But he, in particular, um, really associated himself with a lot of their points of view. It's worth yeah. looking into. Because his journals got leaked. He didn't mean to write to the world, but... Uh, yes, okay, I forgot this. Yeah. You're right. See, I didn't read the book. Yeah. I read, or the books, I think it's more than one volume. I know of them, and I uh, I read about the situation. Interesting. Yeah. Fish, do you know what the first video was on MTV? Oh, okay. No. The first video on MTV was video killed the radio star. And I'll tell you something about that. The Buggles sing it. It was former members of a band called Yes, a couple of them, and Yes had owner of a lonely heart. But video killed the radio star is, I guess if you were to take one theme, ironically, it's about the video killing the radio star. In other words, we're into, we're packaging sex. Um, you know, Britney Spears will will rise and Tom Petty will fall. Not that he's ugly or he was, but you know what I mean. Uh, so that was kind of the idea. And it started, to, I, I think, now with, you know, the Kardashians being more popular than the smartest person in the world at any time. I, I think maybe we've hit that and then some. But what they were, and, and in the song, the guy's talking to this girl. And as I understand it, for some, somehow, again, it's, you got to suspend reality. But he's been in the future Somehow he can try and he comes back and he's saying they took the credit for your second symphony. He's talking about sampling, which was starting at the time, which I love, by the way, the Beastie Boys right after that made careers out of it. Right. But they were the first to like set. I shouldn't say the first sampling was going on. But um, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Grandmaster Flash, they start, you know, they made something of it, which most people, I mean, it sounds great. But this guy was saying, you know, he was the perspective was coming back. Put all the blame on VCRs right now. We, we can record now we can take VCR at the time would have been like Netflix, like on demand. We, when I was really young, you'd go to the theater and see the movie. And then hopefully you know, six months later, it comes on TV. I might be able to time it and watch it. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so that's it. Video killed the radio star, the buggles. Very compelling song. And uh, now that you know that, uh, listen to the lyrics and it'll mean something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, the best breakfast you've ever had. I don't mean what was in the breakfast. Like I remember being in Rome, Italy, getting it up in the morning, having half a joint and an espresso and sitting there. And I was just, I was in a place called San Benedetto del Tronto. And I was staring, I was there with my ex-wife. And uh, that's one thing that things like that we're great at. We'll We'll continue to travel together. But and I, you know, it was great. I know what I had. It was just eggs. It was toast. It was a little bit of ham. It was a bagel. It was just that setting. That was one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. You, can you comment on it? Uh, best breakfast I've ever had. Well, 
I mean, there's probably a few breakfast experiences that I've had where I'm out on the lake and I, you know, I, we cook eggs outside after we're super hungover and we're just out like, you know, on a beautiful day, a couple of my closest buddies, I can remember that, but the best breakfast I've ever had was in Montreal. Um, there's a place called Alamon Coco and it's, uh, it's a super, <laughs> I don't want to say hidden gem, but it's like, it, it's, it's pretty high key. Like everybody knows about it. Okay. And it just has a phenomenal, Montreal's known for, Quebec's known for their breakfast. And, uh, I just remember going in with my three buddies one morning on, on a game day and just saying like, this is the best breakfast I've ever had. Nothing's beat it since. So. It was, was it right downtown Montreal? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hours. The name of it again? Uh, Alo, Alo Moncoco. Alo Moncoco. Yeah, okay. There you go. Fish, I am definitely going to check that out. And yeah, Montreal, man. Oh, I don't know if there's a... I mean, everywhere just has a great breakfast. The obvious is expectation, but uh, yeah. which I like. I know it's a chain, but I do like it. Uh, but anything, uh, anything downtown. I say downtown because I stayed there the most. But I mean, there's great... Montreal, I think, has like a restaurant culture. Great restaurants everywhere, but you know what I mean? Where you go down and... Like it's it's a lively restaurant at like eight o'clock in the morning and people are dressed like they're going to a concert. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, um, you go. even old Montreal, every, every, yeah, every location. Yeah. Now, when you were younger, then your favorite, who did you look up to? Your hockey was your main sport. Who would have been your favorite player and team? Pavel Datsuk, Steve Eiserman. I was a big Detroit Red Wings fan, and uh, I always I remember sixteen years old um, playing hockey for Kingston one of the scouts answered my question me and said who, who do you most resemble or who do you most look up to and I remember saying Pavel Datsuk and he laughed in my face but to that moment I always knew that there was a sort of level of respect that like as a 16 year old kid I didn't understand I was just like looking up to these guys of course but anyways so and then hey you're cheeky with the puck too I think you do I mean who no one's Datsuk but I can see how if you were a kid you would have liked him because you like those moves I like those moves yeah. and I like I I at the time it wasn't like that but I thought that I was a pretty decent defensive player um yeah. and then second Brian Savage actually hooked me up uh, oh, my old teammate he was good friends my dad yeah and uh he hooked us up I was about 11 years old to meet uh Stevie Y one time and uh yeah Stevie took about 15 20 minutes signed about eight to ten things for me we sat chatted he was amazing experience amazing guy went to see the game that night shook Brian's hand shook Peter Forsberg's hand as an 11 year old kid man I was going bananas like, I bet the coolest thing ever and yeah, so shout out to Brian Savage if he ever listens to this, man. I, thank I can see more Eisman because you shoot right. That's why. And Datsuk shoots left. But but Datsuk was just so silky. They're and that's what I great players to, to like. And both of them are good defensively. Yeah. It's a great answer, you know. Yeah. yeah. And Detroit just had the teams when I was growing up, man. Like Lidstrom, Holmstrom, you know, all of it. They did. Shout out to Herbert Grace's Danny Cleary. Um, okay, so I went to see the movie Air yesterday. Have you seen it yet? The one about Jordan? I have not seen Air. I shouldn't say the one about Jordan because it's not really about Jordan. If you're going to go and expect a movie full of basketball highlights, you'll be uh, sadly mistaken and disappointed. But It's about but Nike, right? It is. Yeah. Funny that it's just funny to me that you're going and you're like rooting for Nike as the small guy underdog when we all know what happened and they yeah. could of course now buy me you and everything else 
in this city and you know and then some just the amount of money they're talking about in the movie versus the amount of money that they ended up being worth so it is interesting but you do find yourself like pulling like you're pulling for rudy and then you're like fuck this is nike what the fuck am i talking about yeah that's very interesting though how because the shoe the air jordans i'm all about things that change you know like that's why i think it's one of the reasons i love the beatles so much because they changed everything that came after it even if you don't love the Beatles. You, you can't really deny that. It, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Movies like that. So this movie for me, I think it was a little bit predictable. Well, I mean, everybody knows what happens, but even the, the plays were a little bit. It was good enough, but... Five out of ten? No, no, definitely seven. Seven, I give them credit, first of all, I read afterwards, and they didn't change too much in reality. I don't like when... If you're going to be real, do it. If not, say, you know, this movie, don't tell me that it's based on something. If it re Based on can really, you know, it's such a what's vague term. You can do anything. Right? Yeah. But we're not idiots here. We're watching. I don't want to walk out of the movie and go, fuck me. Oh, is that what happened? Like, right. oh, he didn't become this and he didn't become. But it was pretty much. Bang on. It was bang on. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the numbers talked about were, you know, and they didn't say. Michael is by far the best player ever. Now, you know, they were just like, hey, he's one of the best ever. A lot of people consider him the greatest. Right. Now this is the story. The boom. Yeah. So interesting enough having known it, but uh, yeah, I'd say 7.2. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. So how about this? How about I throw a question to you? You brought up philosophy. Yeah. You brought up my podcast. Hmm. What's your view on spirituality, TR? Like as associated with religion? Yeah, like how do you wake up? Well, associated with religion, if you're a man okay. of faith at some degree, you know. Yeah, I, um, okay, so I do have faith our energy goes somewhere. I have faith that it could be Unbelievable. It could be. It's it's just it's it's the unknown. So as Bill Maher often says, not that I go by everything he says, but I, I find him to be really there's only so many now, first of all, like in this political climate, there are only so many people that kind of 
like Joe Rogan, I know he's polarizing and so is Bill Maher, but one is left and one is right. But at least they they hear they have people on their shows that, that you can hear them out. And it's not just, you know, rigged elections and fucking abortion. It's people that can talk about issues, talk about all of the above. I just spoke about, but in a in a cordial way and a compassionate way, one person to the other. OK, so. I often refer to them for that reason. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, but now politics does swing into philosophy. Now, I grew up Roman Catholic. I went to a Catholic school, but in Newfoundland, school systems were denominational at the time till the mid nineties. If you're Catholic, like the Protestant school could be across the street. If the closest Catholic school is a mile away, I have to get bus to the Catholic school. Okay, that was Newfoundland until like later after my draft year. <laughs> Like way out. So I think 98. So while I'm in St. Bonds, again, most things are great. We had our own rink. If John Slaney came right before me, went ninth overall, you know, all boys. So my memories that way are good. Mm -hmm. But can you remember the movie Spotlight? I think it was called when it came out, you know, the priests in Boston okay. that were molesting the kids. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. okay yeah. That broke in Newfoundland. They, they skipped over it, but that broke in Newfoundland. There was a guy, Father Hickey. And then it all went, because again, Boston even used to be our hub before Confederation, like 1949. Not that this was, this was the 80s, 80s, mid 80s. But a lot of the same priests, a lot of the, you know, same people. So the school was Mount Cashel. A movie in Canada came out called The Boys of St. Vincent. St. Vincent is Mount Cashel. So a lot of the priests that were coming to um, teach at our school and go back and teach at Mount Cashel, which was the high school, and go back and or one of the high schools, they were jerking kids off. And I remember going, and then some, and I remember going in to get my, to, to confession. And like all, everybody's supposed, and you know, my dad was Catholic, mom's Protestant. They followed, you know, I went to church to a certain point. I remember asking my dad, I'm like, why do I have to go in and, and tell this guy my sins? He said, well, you know, it's tough. He said, he's working for the Lord. I said, is he though? Like, I don't even know. Like his friends are like, really, they're molesting people. I know them. Like, this is, a, and, and he knew it, like it was a story in the news. Shortly after my dad and I stopped going to church and, you know, and we had the talk, and I'm going somewhere with this, mm -hmm. and, you know, come on, Noah's Ark, two of everything, got on an ark and sailed around the, I just, I, I think it's so, to be honest, I don't push it on anybody if there's people listening, but really, I think that's so outlandish. Like, come on. I don't know if that's and, meant to be literal. I well, I know, but people take it literal. That's what I'm saying. Right? Adam and Eve, too? Think? Oh, come yeah. on. We got proof here. Yeah. We got dinosaur. But okay, if Adam and Eve's true, then Eve must have fucked Cain and Abel. Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. Adam fucked his daughter? Like, come on. Right? That. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. And that's like the pinnacle. And people... Now, the New Testament, I believe Jesus was a person. I don't believe he was the son of God. Um, so as far as my Catholicism, it isn't there. But a lot of those teachings, I get it. Do we need 10 commandments? No. Me and my daughter say, do unto others as you want done unto yourself. And like the Beatles said, all you need is love. Do we need anything else, Dad? No, we don't, Penny Lane. Um, I believe that BJ knows I raised his son. I do. I don't know. I'm not going to attach it to any religion. I find it silly too. You get born in some part of the world and they tell you a story and then, oh, well, and you're going to go to like the wharf or you're going to fly into buildings for it. You're going to fucking risk your life for things that people tell you. I just find it fish fucking well, crazy. I mean, humans love identity. You look around right now, it's just identity this. I identify with this. I'm with this. I'm Good with point. this. You know? So 
if you think about life from that perspective, obviously people who are being raised into it, they're going to be like, oh, I'm a Catholic. Oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm Jewish. I, you know, I, I identify with Muslim. But I think where we're at in a position right now with technology and with thinking for ourselves and stuff, we don't have to identify with any particular field. And I think that gives people the opportunity to expand and experience God beyond, oh, you have to follow the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Oh, you have to learn it through the Bible. And I think like what bigger gift is there than doing your own research and figuring out what spirituality see? is to you? Ah, uh, see fish. This is why, and this is honestly it's, it's, to hear that folks spoken like a true professional. This is the kind of thing you'll hear on observant attention, but okay. And I agree. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm not only am I bewildered, I'm almost offended by as a human that those stories get like, once Galileo proved that the world was round and he on it, he waited till late in life because he knew he'd get killed for it. And they tried to and they finally let him off. And but he he died going back on his word and he knew very fucking well. He saw the planets. He knew. Every, I mean, watch it on YouTube. Watch a small fucking story on Galileo. Right. It's historical. It happened. But he figured it out. And then people are like, OK. Now, a lot of those stories, religious stories, happened when we couldn't prove anything. Can you imagine looking up at stars? I wouldn't know what they were. Tell me what the fuck they are. I know why constellations are there. I get it, because that's all you're looking. That's their TV for years, for hundreds of thousands of years. What's up there? Oh, that's fucking Hercules or fucking whoever, the god of whatever. Okay, right? Oh, that's Moses. Okay. But when science started to take over, I can't believe, and it's not always religious, like flat earthers, right? There's more now than ever, ever. What? Well, discounting like 2,000 years ago. So like, to me, you mentioned identity. I think that's it. Like mom still goes to church. She's Protestant. Mm -hmm. I, we don't get into it much. Girl in her 70s, a great person, honestly, an angel. When we do, I'm like, but mom, like, you know, come on, the parting of the Red Sea. He but just here's said. Here's the thing, right? She's Protestant, right? You yeah. just said it. So in her mind, she's like, I'm Protestant. I have to follow every Protestant ideology. Yes. And I think that's scary. She can't be Protestant, follow eight out of or nine You're right. out of ten ideologies, and then go, I don't like that last ideology because in her mind, she's not Protestant. Now, now listen, you're right. Now that's okay. I agree. <laughs> But that's the problem with a lot of religion. Like, okay, with I got in Newfoundland, I got just most with Roman Catholic. Okay, just my most of my experience is either Protestant or Roman Catholic, and um, mostly Roman Catholic. Okay, St. John's, and uh, yeah, again, go, go, growing up and having to go to those schools, most of my hockey team, all that stuff. So, in any, I mean, they're very similar religions, right? Right? It's not like one is. Uh, Buddhist and the other one, like they're really, really very similar. Well, I do. I want, I want to just finish this thought. And yeah. you can still be a man or woman of faith yes. and be a Protestant that only agrees with nine out of ten stuff. You don't have to be See? a Protestant. Well, yes, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Now, I don't. Th I think every book, the Quran, the Bible. I think it's all nonsense. The Bible's really interesting until you start. Going okay, like when did he? You know, listen. I don't know if he did make ten commandments and throw them at the top of a mountain, but that's not the point. If you take him, but that's what I say to some of my friends. I'm like, so you're being selective then. They'll be like, no, no, like you definitely. You know, Jesus is definitely there. Mary was definitely a virgin. Even that sounds insane. What are we saying? Right? Come on. And you don't have to say that to impress me. Just tell me that you know, you know, all I needed was my parents' love, uh, buddies that are great, that are you know you. You get older, you pick your your friends, and I think it's a good uh, representation of who you are. But for me, that's my religion. 
That's it. I don't fucking know what happens. If anybody says they know, they're lying. Now, you know, in all these premonitions, it, it just so happens that if people, when they're Catholic, see an angel. People, when they're fucking mm -hmm. Buddhists, see whatever that. Mm -hmm. People exactly. that, you know, that. Oh, yeah. Like, I. Oh, what happened? I, I definitely saw an angel and had wings and it had a halo and, you know, and Moses was there. Geez, so well, good thing because okay. Catholic must be right then if, if that's what happens when you die. Well, but that's that's from their perspective. Right. And, and, and so it's so selective yeah. that what is it anymore? So you're going, well, you no, know, obviously, obviously there was no Noah's Ark. I'm like, OK, but then there was no Adam and Eve. Well, yes. I don't, but dinosaurs have been proven. Yeah, but the two could have had, no one really thinks about it. They just sit there and it's an easy layup to just have faith. And I think it's based on fear or it always was, yeah. but we don't need that fear anymore. Yeah, do we? Well said, that's well said. Hey, listen, it's not just fear. And we talk about identity. People are identifying with outside things, but now what they've done is we've learned to identify with our belief system. So now you're identifying with what you believe, whether true or not. And when somebody believes in, or somebody identifies with what they believe. Now, if you challenge somebody, they will never be open-minded because it's crushing their identity. And that, I think, is the problem in politics right now. All this has spilled over, and people exactly. are either... Like, I went down to visit my billets in the States when I dropped the puck in Tri-Cities a couple years ago, right before the pandemic. And I, it was funny, because, I mean, I spent four years of my life there, and no one ever, ever brought that up. And then they're asking me, and it's a nuclear power plant town, it's in... Washington. Washington State's different because they're the, like one of the first to vote in weed. Yet I went to an execution there, right? In Walla Walla. Oh. Wesley Allen Dodd. They, they, death penalty. Yet let's smoke a joint and go to the beach. Yeah, it's very like, yeah, it's like the extremes are well represented there. And, and really, and I mean well represented as in not a lot of hate or anything. Like if I go around, a lot of people with different opinions, but like Seattle, for example, right? right? It, I know grunge music happened and they were a little bit angry according to the words and the instruments, but that was a movement. Trust me. I think people know going to Seattle, it's, you know, it's laid back. There's a lot of like skiers and surfers and shit uh, type people. And then at the same time, right, let's have the death penalty now. Um, and again, I, 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 I'm somewhere like I've often said in the middle, but when I go back and they'll go, well, are you a Democrat or a Republican? I'm like, I never ask, I ever heard you ever say that. And me, it's just like I could say this about Roman Catholic. Like there are parts that I and, you know, Jesus was a good prophet. I do believe that Pontius Pilate was a person put him to death. Right. There's read that. That's historical. Um, well, um, when it comes to politics, same like I don't know, like people just go, well, I'm this and Trump is this and I'm never going to. And you can't even go, OK, like, OK, I hate getting political on here, but. Republicans, I get that. I don't believe the election was rigged. I mean, it, I don't. CNN, Fox, and again, I don't think CNN's great either, but Fox, they just went to court. They just paid $900 million because they were proved that they were spreading false rumors about the election and facts. You know, I just, but but I get the Republican point of view. I, I, me, I'm on a girl's choice. I get why people are pro-life. They are religious. There's a reason. They're not nuts. Right. I get it. Some people see it as murder that has to be talked about me. I'm fine with it up to a point, of course, not like nine months, but most things are a happy medium. Foreign affairs. Republicans are usually great at that. Right. Um, civil rights. I I think I, I, gays should get married. I uh, Transgender should have rights. Do I think we need 72 genders? No. Do we need 15 bathrooms in a fucking small bar? No, we don't. But this is stuff to talk about. So I think like what I'm saying, most people 
have issues like that, one this way, one that way. But now they're all aligning themselves. Either everybody's either Democrat or everybody's Republican, or if you're in Canada, liberal or conservative. When I can look at the last four or five presidents and prime ministers in my lifetime, and I agree with all of them on some stuff, and all of them... I disagree on a lot of stuff. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt McConaughey came out with a book a couple years ago now. It's called Green Lights. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty popular book. And uh, in the book, he says, he tells a story. I heard him talking about this. Yeah, I don't, if you can read my mind, that's pretty good. I don't know because there's a lot of different stories. But he, at some point, was having dinner with some African, uh, you call them tribesmen, whatever. They, they were. He was in Africa and he was having lunch or dinner with, with two African men. And um, and they were arguing over something. And then Matthew came in and he said, I agree with so-and-so. I think he's right. And they both turned on him and said, it's not about who's right or wrong. It's about do you understand? Yeah. So that philosophy, you talk about philosophy right there. It's not about who the fuck's right or wrong. It's about understanding where I'm coming from. And if we can do that, then I think the world is be a whole this, Once again... Okay, so I talk a lot and I get there, but you have a way to be more concise. Exactly. My problem today, and it saddens me, man. I look at some people that I know and they're ranting and raving one side or the other. I'm like, dude, first of all, relax. Second of all, I forget who said it recently. Maybe Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, the scientist. Mm -hmm. And he brought up a good point. You just said, understand that's around. It's similar. He said, I don't know. He goes, I got my, I'm a human. I have my opinions. And he said, I understand religion. I, I'm obviously a scientist. I'm an a, a, a astrophysicist. Uh, so science is important to me, but he goes, I understand that. And I'm not right on everything. But he said, the problem today is that we don't have a shared reality. And if we don't have a shared reality, that's really, really dangerous. An extreme point of that would be if you were to go to the, to, the, to the American South now, okay? Most of them are MAGA, but it doesn't have to be. And, and I just say American South because I'm, I'm literally saying I watch numerous TV. I'm sure people exist everywhere that have this point of view. But they happen to be in the American South. It was maybe because of, uh, remember they had those fucking... A couple of years ago, they, they had like Klan rallies down there and stuff. Yeah. Because again, I hate to always say the American South, right? It's the obvious fucking low-hanging fruit. I'm sure people think this all, all over the place. But they asked the guy and he said, well, it don't matter. And he said, what? He said, well, it don't matter because Jesus said the end of times is coming anyway. So Trump should drop that bomb. Now, this guy doesn't fucking know what he's talking about. Trump should drop a nuclear bomb. Really? Is that what you think? You know what I mean? Well, he, but in his mind, just whoever gets, what, the Ukraine? Fuck that, man. Drop a, whoa, whoa. But that's what people are saying. And in their mind, just like the people, again, religion, different religion, but religion, just like the people who are flying that plane into that building. It's evil no matter what. But in their minds, hey, I'm going to fuck 72 virgins in five seconds. As soon as this flies into that building, I'm going to fly away into heaven or my version of heaven. And if you think that the end times are not only coming and they're predicted, but they're good. Now, how many people right now, because right now in North America, in the United States, one country that's supposed to be the leader of the free world, 
There are millions and millions, and I would probably guess tens of millions that believe exactly that. Fuck it. We're supposed to die anyway. Now, how do you solve problems as a society, whether you believe in global warming or not? Okay? Whether you do or not, I do. To, to the level, I mean, I don't know. You know, we make. I say that people go off their head. Oh, we should lose our jobs. No, no, no. I don't know what it is. What's the answer? But we got to talk about it. Maybe it's sixty years. Maybe we figure stuff out. But if you can't speak, and if your fucking answer to global warming, or even the, maybe it, maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's not happening. Right? I think there's a level of it going on. Let's just say climate change. That's the wrong word. Global warming. But I'll let you speak in a second. I want you to speak on it. Um, if if, if your answer, if my answer is okay, let's sit down and talk. Maybe I'm wrong, okay? But clearly the weather's changing. Now, let's sit down and talk about it. Let's have this person, let's have this politician, this scientist, you know, from all over. Let's get fucking people in a room and let's talk about this five times a year. To, now, if your answer to start is that I'm not listening to you because it's supposed to happen, because Jesus said the world's going to end, son. Now, if that's my answer, we're all fucked. Well, right now, there's tens of millions of people with that answer in the leader, leading country in the free world. Now, what the fuck do you do about that? I mean, considering I'm not part of the United Nations, uh, my opinion right now might not be a whole hold a lot of weight. But where I stand and who I am as a person, I can speak to that. So let's let's start there. My connection to life, my connection to God, my happiness, my um, pride in myself, my excitement for life to get out of bed and wake up every morning and like to really be happy every day stem from me learning about myself. So until people learn how to fucking disconnect from the news and disconnect from social media and disconnect from things and technology and the, the slopes getting slipperier and slipperier. Great point. Until again. people learn to bring it back to themselves and learn to be quiet and learn to find the truth and whatever the fuck their narrative is. And I'm not talking narrative that was formed by your parents' beliefs or formed by the school system or formed by your life experiences. I'm talking about the belief system that sits with you that you know what is true and just. Because at some point, there you have to understand that there is a God, there is a universe, there is something orchestrating this and making it all happen perfectly for you. Until you realize that that force, whatever you want to call it, is the governing force to this universe, then you're just going to keep getting caught in the loop of what everybody else believes. And how do we get people to do, not you and I, because it's beyond us, right. but... I don't know with the with the with the cell phone like like I think I think the only way to do it and and I think there's forces at play that are trying to put things in the other direction because yeah if not there wouldn't be 15 year old kids shaking their ass on TikTok exactly there wouldn't be you know there's because endless. all you have to do is follow the money wherever it is it's about money exactly. it's so, money and so self interest so groups what the money is doing is trying to capture and control your attention right so that attention is what's valuable so I don't know if it if it's gaining a, a following by just doing it solo somebody who has the power like I don't know like Buddha or Deepak you know like somebody who can fucking go around and 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 sell out stadiums where the 5,000 people and share this information. But at some degree, people need to understand that what I'm saying or what I've just spoken to for the last two, three minutes isn't just some foo-foo, woo-woo bullshit that is going to make you a happier person. Like this is going to actually change the course of history and change the course of your life. 
Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I just really am starting to have my doubts that we're ever going to get there. I think yeah, we could be, you and I right now, could be living in, well, we are, but I mean, we are living in the sweet spot of humankind, right. of, of existence. We know that, but I'm talking about, I'm counting the future. Like We might be, literally, like right now we are comparing us with the past. Mm -hmm. And again, I always say like 150 years ago, not even 120 years ago, my grandmother was taking a fucking horse to go down and get a sack of milk for the week. Like, I, I don't know, you know, like, and then, then people are like driving car and all of a sudden she's 69 years old. People are walking around on the moon right now. If I really wanted, I can go somewhere, probably Vegas and see, uh, oh there, I can go to a Buddy Holly concert right now if I want, because his hologram is going to come out and he's going to sing Ray Vaughn. That'll be the day and fucking words of love, twist and shout, whatever. And I'm going to watch Buddy Holly featuring Elvis and the Beatles on a fucking, and they're going to look real, right? And then I'm, everything else, sex, we use sex. You just imagine if a caveman had that in his fucking hand. Here you go. You're going to cavemen who trekked to the other side of a fucking mountain in sleet, in storms, his fucking feet, lost his shoes, fucking beat up. This guy's fucking down and out fucking, you know what I mean? The weather, the fucking he's in shape, but he's fucking buried. He's fucking comes down the end of a cliff. He finally sees a girl. I don't know how it worked back then. He fucking grabs her by the hair, takes her in a cave. Has fucking scratchy sex, smelly fucking genitals, fucking dirty fuck. Now, imagine if he could just walk into this hotel room, order fucking anything he wants. He can't even cook food. The guy's like gripping. Hopefully he's like in a place where a banana exists. If not, fuck berries again, grass. And we get to come in here and fucking play PlayStation, watch the game tonight, beamed in from Toronto, fly home like I can be home in three hours, go fucking 5,000 kilometers, order anything I want, and then, you know, rather than go through all that, bring up my phone and jerk off five times before I go to bed to things that this guy hasn't even seen before, but if he rubs up against something, he's going to blow a load bigger than the fucking two-liter. So, I mean, you know, that's where we are. Yet, back then, there wasn't to me, as many threats to humanity. Well, listen to what you just touched on right now. And we talk about the world. We, you asked me, why is the world like this? Well, how can we change it? You just gave the perfect example. You could sit here, order food, jerk off, play PlayStation, watch the game, drink beer until you fucking pass out. You don't even have to get out of your bed. Yeah. <laughs> that right there is the is the downfall of humanity. Aldous Huxley talks about it. The free will of man. It's It's something that is so special that we have the opportunity to to experience yet it gets the best of us our mind controls us rather than us controlling our mind our temptations our habits everything like that so how how are you supposed to change 300 pound jim i don't know who's just uh, uh, addicted to mcdonald's and tell him to go inward and say hey man and, and not only that and 300 pound jim can press on on that machine right there and put a fucking VR on his VR, face VR. and 300 pound Jim becomes 20 year old Russell Crowe and gladiator. <laughs> right. Yeah. So exactly. fuck and yeah. fucking 300 pound Jim when he was 220 pound Jim gave up. And now 
fuck it. Like, this is, I'll just go eat my, I'll get as big as I, I will smell like ass all the time. So I don't really have to live in a great spot. Me, I'm just going to live fake. That to me is karma. Now you, you can't change 7.5, whatever we're at, 8 billion people's minds overnight. That's not going to happen. But there is a selective few that would listen to me and you have this conversation today and be like, holy fuck, let me try this out. Let me, let me, what's he talking about? Goes over to my podcast, starts getting inspired. I know people that have direct uh, life experiences that have changed as per my podcast. I'm not saying I'm a Nostradamus yeah. or anything, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm, what I want to do is I want to allow people who are willing to take the step to turn into themselves and learn that life can be more than what you're succumbing to than what it looks like in your outer view. I think that's a great perspective. And I do think there's lots of people and maybe even more in the world. You'd have to think more people want peace than not. Right. But, and I'm not, when I say, like, I, I just don't think most people would even be in the room in the first place and it would get violent because the first time that they're, they were challenged, I mean, it happens. And it, it, it goes to punches. And I'm not talking just the right, I'm talking the left. So the other day, like the World Snooker Tournament, someone got on there because, like, protesting oil and, like, threw shit all over the fucking table. Like, there's better places to start than snooker, for fuck's sakes. I mean, Jesus Christ. Remember that about five, six years ago? There was an oil leak outside of, like, one of those big oil companies and it just was... Remember pouring into the fucking ocean outside of Louisiana for like a month and a half? And you're going to go into the snooker championships? But And those people are the same. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear anything. Like I just I just mentioned climate change. But I mean, obviously, we can't get rid of like I'm from Newfoundland. My ex lives in Alberta. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not saying get rid of all these fucking jobs and everything. But just people to let's sit down and talk about what if, what could we do? What if, what we could we do here? And, you know, not hate, but I just don't think a lot of people want to listen. I think you need to approach it. for In order for people to listen, you need to approach it from more of a neutral standpoint. So I think what it comes down to is giving people the capacity to to find that neutral standpoint where they don't feel challenged, where you don't feel, they don't feel like you're challenging their beliefs or telling them that they're wrong. Cause the second I see somebody who is unhappy and I say, well, this might be why you're unhappy. They'll be like, what the fuck do you know? That's not the approach. You have to go in a neutral standpoint and say, well, for me, you know, this is kind of what worked. Oh, really? What happened? How did now, you okay. get there? Okay. Okay. Now on a little bit flip that, cause here's the other thing. I got friends, one real good one. If I said the name, I think a lot of people listening to this would know it. I never would. But he had a problem with substance, mm -hmm. okay? So he had an epiphany. I talked to him recently. Great. Mm -hmm. The way he's talking to me makes... I'm looking at him. I'm going, it, is he mental? Did, did, did he have some kind of a concussion or a mental breakdown? Mm -hmm. No, he found God. Mm -hmm. Fine. Mm -hmm. Okay? I get it. That's what I mean. So that really helps him. It has. But what he thinks now, again, maybe I'm wrong. If, I, if I'm not wrong, okay, just hear me out as if I'm not, okay? Guess he went to sleep. He saw an angel, okay? Mm -hmm. His life was going in a really bad direction. Now, since he's not drinking, it's going in a great direction. So now he can quote the Bible. Um, but with that, again, I'm not trying to take a stance, but he'd never, like he's totally... No abortion, men, no matter what. You get raped, you have the kid. My daughter gets raped, I'll have the kid. You know, it's, or she'll have the kid, that's the way it goes. Like, life is, so his chain, it, it all went into that, but he, it saved him. He's going to be great, he, and he probably would have, so I'll never speak up. But 
And I'm not just saying the abortion is what I think is mental. It's the way he's talking. Like, well, it doesn't matter, Terry, because the Lord will take care of it. Well, I nearly get hit by a bus. Oh, Terry, if you were, you're supposed to, because the Lord's going to take care of it. The Lord's going to, hey, bud, I just got my toe sliced off. I know the Lord, right? Everything's the Lord. And I'm like, it can't be the fucking Lord. So <laughs> look what look what you just said. I guess it can. But, it, it can. I mean, yeah. it depends. But here's the thing. It is if it's true to him. Yeah. Because his experience of reality is the truth. Whether you don't think it's the truth or not is irrelevant to his experience of reality. Before you go further, it is. But the way he was talking to me, now I don't think it, but he's talking to me the way a school shooter would talk to me. God's talking. God's talking to me. Hey, you know, God, now I, I know that I don't, I can't say right. I know. Okay. What if God tells him tomorrow to go just, I don't know, something insane. I, I, I don't know, to right. take a car and ram it into a school. Okay. Well, listen, you, so what you said, so what I'm trying to touch on is going beyond that. And I'll just kind of skip the question and just go to right to the foundation of that, which is, I re I'm reading a book. I'm pretty sure the author is uh, James Allen. I, I might be butchering it, um, but uh, it's called As a Man Thinketh. Okay? And it talks about the foundation of man's life experience is what goes on in his mind. So if your buddy had an experience of God and an experience of an angel in a dream, and he wants to create that in his reality, then now that will be true to him, and that will manifest the reality in which he's now, experiencing. Okay, but can it, can that epiphany and what's so far been great, turn into schizophrenia. The devil, I'm hearing voices. The devil right? hides as God sometimes. Yes. Okay. So there has to be a level of, of, of sanity, of clarity. He's probably um, really connected and identifies with his beliefs because before that he identified with his substance abuse. Yeah. So now you don't change or you don't get rid of a habit, you change a habit, right? You replace a habit. So what he just did was he replaced substance abuse with God. So now he fills all that time up with God. Now, that being said, that might not be the necessarily healthy approach because now he doesn't identify with substance abuse anymore, but he identifies with God to such a level that it might come misconstrued through his ego mind. Yeah. Create very dark realities, which I can speak to because it has happened to me. Oh, this is God. This is what God's saying. No, bro. There is a definite line and a definite yeah. Uh, a way you have to learn to navigate what your belief system is before you can attach yourself to it, become it and believe it. And then it starts creating true. It. And I guess it's going to be hard to get this across to somebody, but I've often, it just, it just strikes me fun. And again, I lived in Utah. My, my experience with religion. Wow. Like whoo, go to game, like can't get into the bar unless you have a membership after 10 o'clock again, not that the now, a lot of them are just rebellious and it goes the other way. People are like screwing like in the rink and you know, there was girls there that were wild, but for the most part, there's that. And like, they're very, very, it's mostly Mormon, like in Salt Lake city anyway. And they're, they're nice and everything. It would just be like, God is always part of the answer. And I'm going, and people will openly tell you, they hear the, so if, okay, fish, if I was to walk in anywhere and say, I'm hearing voices all the time, they're telling me to do stuff. You'd put me in an insane asylum. But if I said that voice is God, Oh, Oh geez. So sorry. What do you want for supper? You know, it's like, whoa, like, I just told you I was hearing voice. Oh, yeah, but wait, it's Jesus, boy. Hey, you're cool. You're cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm hearing voices. Mm -hmm. What if I said it was, I don't know, Alex Trebek? Is that any better? Like, that's there's nothing wrong with Alex Trebek. He's a nice guy. Right. But if I'm hearing him direct my life around, there's something fucking wrong. But yet, 
Jesus of Nazareth, amen, Yahweh, it's all good. Don't worry about it, Terry. You're hearing voices, I it's think, Jesus. I think, um, I think a lot of today's generation, too, it doesn't matter if you're on your phone for 10 minutes or 10 hours a day. That is at some level programming your subconscious mind to believe and to navigate certain it, things. Yes, it so, is. So, so these people, although they might look like, you know, Savior God, whatever, they're scrolling on their Instagram, on their Facebook, on their TikTok, and they're seeing everything in their algorithm that only deepens their belief system in what they're doing and sometimes yeah. what you're seeing isn't the fucking truth sometimes what you're seeing is going to screw your mind up and you don't even realize it. you're just watching the video all oh, that's bullshit but your subconscious mind your your deeper mind is picking that shit up and then creating whatever from so it. most people now live in bubbles that's it they live they, 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 they cyclical loop called yeah. their search feed and there's and they're what's the word they're insulating their own bubble right with their own beliefs and they don't want to and there's a channel out there now or a site for everybody if if you don't like like um i hate to keep going to america but the last time i'll do it but well like fox when they do anything sensible a lot again i'm not saying republicans but the far far right that think like jfk is still alive and trump is in cahoots with them and like the democrats run a pedophile ring out of a pizza shop in new york i mean they exist right but um those people, what was I just going to say? What I was going somewhere. What, what, what was your point? Um, I was talking about um, how oh, people so, live sorry. in a bubble. So they would watch, and like for years, Fox News would confirm what they wanted to hear about Trump. And again, I, I know that CNN, or bad the other way, but I, I just don't find it quite as bad. And um, so what happened is that a lot of people, and Trump, when he came out and said, well, Fox is fake news now too. Well, then Newsmax jumped up and another bunch that are even more extreme and they never report. And again, some of it's true, but they just don't report on the rest of it. And CNN does the same thing. Again, I don't think it's as I don't know what's the word. It's not as hate inducing because but it's still. Maybe no, it is, though. It's just not as obviously aggressive, aggressive. but it, it definitely is. Yeah, the, the far left. Through nothing but hate, of course, um, and, and disguised as love. But uh, anyway, so and the same thing. And, and if CNN doesn't report what they want, then they'll go to MSNBC. And if that doesn't, then they'll go to um, what's it, HKR or whatever, or, or one of those. There's something for everybody to find that, and then you just listen to that, and you're fucked basically. But you're more content. Mm -hmm. I just like you said. About understanding, about sharing the same reality. I, I we don't understand. I personally don't um, put my mind into American politics or Canadian politics, for that matter. Um, and I feel like that that just that little part allows me. Maybe I'm disconnected from society and how it operates and whatever, but that allows me to stay more calm and more at peace because there's only conflict in politics. You know what? You're right, and I. You know what I try to do. See, what I try to do is watch all of them. At once it was none. And I try to watch all because I really want to have a full idea. Like, I'm not on one side or the other. And I'm saddened at the amount of people that just aren't having a conversation. And I feel the least I can do, even if I disagree with just, I just said, with CNN on things and Fox on things. But I know what they're presenting. And eventually, I do know the good side of both. Right? Like, do you understand? I think I have a good understanding. I, 
I'm certainly better off than I was not paying attention at all. And I figure with some platform, I have a lot of people I'm talking to, yeah. I should have an idea. But what I do know is that I'm not aligned with either in either country. There's two major parties in both countries. And uh, I just think there's people out there looking for answers and they just cling to one yep. like like white on rice. And, and hey, 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 wait, you might like, you know what I mean? Whereas it used to be in my mind, you wait for an election. And I'm only making this analogy and comparison with politics because it's starting to get that way. Like ideology, religion, it's starting to spill it was always spilling, but now I find it's it's aligned more with politics than ever. So mm -hmm. I try to, 500 years ago, I would have tried to learn a little bit about every religion. But nowadays, it's just, this is what's relevant, this is what's happening, and that's it. It's and I just exhausting trying to learn everything in this day and age, man. There's so much information out it's there exhausting. on so many different topics. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. And, and I get it. Sometimes you need to you know, talk about certain things and you need to be aware of certain world events and that. But where I stand in my life, I'm gifted enough to kind of disconnect from that. Yeah. And it's, I have so much energy to do different things. Like I taught myself how to play guitar and to sing and, you know, you know, I moved to Florida and I like, I had different, different things happen in my life that maybe wouldn't have happened if I was solely focused on opposing uh, somebody else's belief or disagreeing with somebody else's ideology. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> And that's a good point. Like to put any energy into it. Like I often, okay. So the gay thing, I I don't understand what pisses people. Like I think it's I think it's insane. Like where I put my cock should be as relevant as what kind of hat I wear. And why would you hate me for the kind of hat I wear? I just don't get it. Okay. So wait, what are you mad at again? You're mad, Steve, because Jim, who lives six hours away in a different city is going to go home tonight and have a drink, play his board game, watch his TV, and before he goes to bed, he get, might get sucked off by his boyfriend. And you're going to freak out. Freak the fuck out. People freak out. Why would I care? Like, if you leave this room and go to your room and get naked and stand on your head and play the spoons, why do I... Why once you put your dick in a guy, not that you are not gay, I'm just saying, what does that change? What, what girl starts licking pussy? Oh, Alert, alert, alert. You know, all the fucking homophobes in the area. There's someone licking pussy out there. Like, I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I'd more like judge a guy or girl on what they wear that day. Oh, you're choosing to wear a red coat from the 1700s to school today in 2023. Well, that's weird. I can comment on that. But I don't know if a student comes in with pink hair, some guy that fucked a guy last night, I'm going to freak out and like, protest and i mean i just find it so insane you know why he's mad because steve or whoever the guy's name you said earlier steve's mad because he identifies with his beliefs which is i don't like gay people you don't even and, have to like them no but, but that's what i'm saying but that's his identity that's yeah that's yeah yeah i see what you mean okay so he's identifying with that and so he believes his identity. So he believes his identity. And then obviously, if he believes his identity, then if that challenges his belief system, it challenges his identity, it challenges who he is as a human being, and he's going to freak it. So that's where people are at right now. I guess, yeah. That's it, where people are at. It's right where now. they're at. I just, like, you know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't hurt anybody. I know. 
once that doors closed, like I, I just never did. Naturally to me, when I was like seven years old, I didn't. I never understood ever. Like Ellen DeGeneres had the first lesbian kiss on TV. I don't know. I guess I was 20 or 22 or 23. It's in the 90s. And I was like, what? Gives a fuck. Dolo this is like the front front page of news, the New York Times. What? What the fuck? Dolo and I were talking about it. You live your life or take it or leave it. I'm open mind, but this is who I am as a human being. A lot of people are scared to live as themselves in the human being. They have to put on a face and be a certain thing, bro. Yeah. Not everybody has the capacity. To and it's like funny because they're <laughs> at least at least the trans are fucking doing that. Yeah. You know, like again, because I got that story in my book about um, getting a blowjob from you know someone that ended up. I don't even know. It's trans. Can you, I, in the book, I use the words transvestite. I don't think that. I think it's transgender now for all of it. Whatever it is, man, I don't give a fuck where your cock is, your pussy. I don't care if you got six cocks. It doesn't matter to me. Let's just. I don't know. Live. You got your clothes on. We're at a restaurant. I assume you're not going to come over and stick your ass in my face. We're all good. You know, like I don't know. Anyway, people, people are just yeah. That's it, man. That's you know you, yeah. You so, identify with that. And that's that's. Game. So I just anything like that, any of those social issues. I, I I just I don't know now. Do do I? Let's just say I won't beat this to death. But like I said earlier, I don't mean to joke. It you know I know transgenders, but at some point you know I think there's 72 ways you can identify yourself. That's a little much, um, you know. That whole bathroom thing, first of all, whatever, have a media, have, have a bi, whatever, man, woman, whatever it is, people are battling for like 10 of them. But the other side of it is that on the other side of it, all these people freaking out, would you want this person who's trans like in the bathroom with your daughter? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in the bathroom with me. Like, what do you mean? I don't know what your bathroom's like, but in my boy's bathroom, no one comes over like rooting at my cock. Like, you know, I go into the urinal, I piss, I leave. I don't know. It could be a man next to me, a woman. It could be a giraffe. I, if I go in the bathroom stall, people aren't in there waiting to give me a blowjob. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So, again, do I want my daughter? Uh, it, it wouldn't matter. Do I want my daughter, say, being taught in grade one about sex issues, whether it's transgender? No, no, I just don't think there's any reason to do it. It's sex. Like, who cares? You can go. But at the same time... Um, I understand that people are going to make their own decisions and I'm proud of them for doing that. And it doesn't bother me one bit. If people feel happier and more comfortable with, with doing what they need to do, then, then all the power to them, you know, that's, that's, that's how they, they make, make their life in this world. And that's how they are, are able to, you know, connect with themselves. And, and you know, if that's what, if that's what saves somebody from you know, hanging a rope in the ceiling and jumping off the yeah. second floor, then. And I think, you know what, Fish, I've, I've talked a lot about politics, which I say I'm never going to do, but I, I think more I'm talking about like just our, like, you, we, like philosophy and frame of mind and I guess my wants as a person, like logically those things, I, I, I just logically lean towards love over hate, logically lean towards peace over war, and logically lean towards I don't really care what someone does in the privacy of their own home. I use sex as an example, but it, it doesn't have to be sex. It can be anything. People get judged on so many, like, that's it. All these judgments, like, it's the same answer, so I'm not necessarily as, asking you a question, but that's it. Like, so many judgments from people that never will come across these other people or 
and it's not productive. Um, more productive conversation, more understanding, I guess. Um, well, judgment is the result of our world too. I mean, you know, given these different perspectives, but you, there's not a second of the day where, especially in today's generation, you're not comparing yourself to somebody you see or judging yourself based on how you look or judging somebody else based on how they look, based on your perspective of life. Like everything's just judgment, comparison, expectation. You are, I guess. We're in that, yeah. Dangerous. More thing. more so than ever. Yeah, man, big time, you know? Like, look, at you post a picture on Instagram, all of a sudden you have 100 people commenting. Those yeah. are judgments. They might be good judgments, but you're still receiving them as judgments. Yeah. Okay. Twitter should almost be called Judgment Itter. Center. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I hate I, I've come to hate it. Yeah. Like, I just honestly, I, I post and I go the other way, and once in a while I go on and I, I can't do it anymore. Um, but listen, I don't want to be, and I don't want this to sound negative. I think this is productive. I love your point of view. I hope people don't uh, mistake my frustration with, uh, negativity because uh, i really do i love life coming here to get to do this with you guys and hang out and get to play a hockey player and uh just so many positive vibes and i appreciate you coming on today do you have anything coming up do you have anything uh you need to plug what's going on uh, you know what not right now man and uh everything happens in due time so when it's meant to happen it's meant to happen and you know, are you going to come to George Street Festival this year? And uh, well, I mean, you text me before. I'll do it. And I'll, I'll see it. I, I've, I've been to Newfoundland once. I was 10 years old and I haven't gone back since. Well, um, we'll have to get you over there. I'd really appreciate that. Who do you think is going to win the Leafs game tonight? Leafs are playing Tampa in a half hour. Game okay. two. Well, I think uh, I think the Leafs got to got to have a little bit of a bounce back game. Like they got to. I think they embarrass themselves in game one. So. Uh, I think the boys will be firing, and if they're not, man, I don't know if, if uh, Toronto will make it through another year of this. <laughs> I don't think so either. That they'd have to blow it up, even though. And yeah. and I honestly, I my buddy's there. He's the equipment manager, Dave Roper, and uh, it, it it it. I I can't believe I'm saying this as Canadians alumni, and as someone that never really had any affinity for the leaps. But I wanted, I've, I've, the last four years, I wanted Rope Dog to do it, and I've really paid attention. It's hard not to in Canada, but I can't fucking believe the ways they find to lose. And I can't believe what happened in game one. I, I'm hoping it's nerves because no one wants that label on them. That's what I, I look at Matthews and Murder in particular. And I know what it's like to have to have that pressure to score. I think it's why once in a while I fought because I hated that pressure. And I can't imagine being like in the NHL as one of the best players in the world with that pressure on a team with all these expectations. First couple of years, whatever. But if if they do it again for a seventh year in a row, I think at this point you got to go, okay, I think this is the kind of players they are. I think traditionally too, well, traditionally, the last few years at least, they've come out strong in game one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure their game ones have been their strong suit. So maybe this is a little flip. I know. And they got to five game sevens in a row. Yeah. I fucking, you know what? More, I hate watching good people go through that kind of thing more than I hate, uh, than I love watching like great people win. You know, like I'd love to watch as a Canadian. I'm not cheering for Edmonton, but if it was nice to watch Gretzky win the cup, you know, I wasn't even an Oilers fan and Gretzky. I think I think maybe Lemieux, if I'm honest with myself, and maybe even Steve Eisenman. Like I, but Gretzky was up there, and watching him as a Canadian, like you know, it was 
universally known. He's the best player and he's hosting that cup. There's something to it. If McDavid does it, and, and, you know, as a Canadian that really there's no level of international hockey to cheer for anymore, I'll be happy. But I'll be more upset for Matthews and Marner in particular and the Leafs, Tavares and them. But it's those guys. The rest of them have either been somewhere and come back or even Nylander, but the two guys with the most pressure and they're going to be talked about and they seem like great guys and talking to Rope Dog, they're generous, they're funny, they're nice guys, they're good teammates. So even for me, I'm going just guys like let the gods get them into round two. Let the hockey guys get them into. Yeah, listen to that. That that I believe in. Hockey gods, I believe in. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that's my god fish to answer your question about faith. My gods are the hockey gods. I'm spiritual and uh we're in a great time of year. We're in the hockey playoffs. Thanks a lot for doing this, my friend. Hey, maybe next time we uh we can talk about the show a little more cuz I'm sure uh after the second season comes out people will start freaking the heck out. We we will, you know. And I said that to McD. What I like about having you and McD on, we often go into areas that not only have nothing to do with hockey, sports, uh, well, that's philosophy kind of covers everything, but nothing specifically. Uh, but we could get into the philosophy of sports and maybe we'll do that next time as well. Okay. My friend, thanks a lot, folks. If you're in downtown St. John's this weekend, why not head to Trinity pub? Why not go to Rob Roy confusion, TJ's pub, green sleeves, pub, martini bar and the bull and barrel. That's where I like to go. Wet my whistle. If I'm going to have a bite to eat, I go to merchant tavern. I go to blue on water or Wedgwood cafe. And of course, when I want to work out, I go to power conditioning on rope walk lane, power conditioning, strength, and balance for the body and mind. I swear by it. It changed my life. Maybe it'll change yours too. Mr. Lube, two locations on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road in St. John's. Live, laugh, lube. And of course, Pitbull Pain Relief, pitbullpainrelief.com. Pitbull Pain Relief Sticks. I swear by them. They are unbelievable. They've changed my life as well. Check them out online. Pitbullpainrelief.com. True hockey. Take what's yours. Folks, this has been 150B with... My buddy Jacob Fish-Smith, tune in in just a few days and we'll be back with more stories. This has been Tales with TR, episode 150B. Catch you on the rebound.